0: Hello, Welcome to this week's episode of the Digital Download. I'm Kate Hamer, I run a marketing and digital consultancy, Kate Hamer Limited. I've worked in large brands like Unilever, Disney and L'Oreal for over 15 years and a decade of that in digital. I know how hard it can be to keep up to date with the fast moving world of digital, so this podcast will hopefully help you by giving you a summary of the past week's news and discussing key topics in the industry. Thanks to everyone who downloaded it. Do subscribe and leave a review. Thanks to everyone who sends me feedback. It is really helpful. Um, I do want this to be your podcast. So do tweet me at Kate Hamer Ltd. Or you can email Kate at Kate with any feedback, questions or topics you would like me to cover obviously I'm back after quite a long break in this podcast and I'm still planning the content for future episodes in terms of guests and bigger topics for discussion so for now I'm going to alternate a short news only podcast and then a longer still only a maximum of 30 minutes podcast that covers some topics more in depth so this week's is a quick news roundup so let's get cracking this week the IPA touch points report came out. So Great British adults are consuming 7 hours and 56 minutes a day consuming media. So that's up 9% from 2016 and 13% from 2005. And the interesting thing as well is that in 2005, 79% of adults were consuming two or more media in the same half hour once a week. And this has now risen to 92% in 2017 with more than 26% of all adults consuming more than three different media in any half hour. So obviously the dual screening of people watching TV being online has contributed to that. In terms of TV and video, that still scores the highest. So when people are saying TV is dead, it isn't. So we're looking at 4.35 hours viewed in terms of TV and video, followed by out of home placements at 3.28 hours and then in third is radio and audio at 3.9 hours, then social media 2.53, cinema 2.16, internet 2.14. The 15 to 34 year old category, TV and video is a bit lower at 98.9 percent. And social media comes before out-of-home placements as the second source, but the figures are mainly the same. Uh, 54% of the public are watching video between 9 and 10pm on an average weeknight. And when you look at the platforms, Netflix makes up a significant chunk, so 19% of adults watch it for an average of two hours a week. And 38% of adults are listening to Spotify each week, which rises to 55% for the 15 to 24s. So, there's a link to the full article on that on the companion page on katehamer.com. Another interesting stat that I saw this week is that 85% of photos taken this year are on smartphones. Right, onto social media. So, Facebook, there were quite a few things in last week's episode that was talking about them looking like they were testing. There's a few more things this week, so Facebook Instant Videos, which will download a selection of videos for you when you're on Wi-Fi so that you can then watch them without data. doesn't look like you choose what those videos are, it just decides to download certain ones. Um, In comments now, some people are starting to see the green dot by the person's name if they're active when you're looking at their comment. And Facebook stories, I spoke about those last week, obviously, how they are often empty and they're looking at potentially dual posting from Instagram to Facebook at the same time. It also seems now that they're testing, hiding them under a drop-down menu in the app. Um, I've embedded a tweet that shows that on the companion page. It also looks like Facebook might start facilitating mentor-mentee relationships, so moving a bit closer to what linkedin offer i guess they've already in, in they've already introduced being able to have job adverts on there if you've got a business page and now they're looking at how they could match mentors and mentees based on their interests what they do where they studied that kind of thing Um, early days, but some stuff's been spotted in some of the code, which would imply that they're going to try that out. So again, there's an article from TechCrunch on my companion page. Bonfire is Facebook's new group video chat app, and they've just released it into the Danish app store. So it's quite like House Party, which I've talked about in previous episodes, which was the Meerkat live streaming app and then it migrated to be house party which is quite a teen favorite where you can video chat with multiple friends so you can chat with up to eight friends on bonfire it's obviously continuing with the popularity of live video but also taking advantage of the dark social element you know people are actually wanting more private exchanges within social media and so this would be a ring fenced video chat that would just be you and your friends again there is uh, an article about it on the companion page not sure when it will roll out from more countries than Denmark but have a look and be uh forewarned of it. Facebook are also updating their Ads Manager. So some of you might have used the Power Editor, uh, some of you might have used Ads Manager. They're looking at merging the two. So you'd still have all the benefits of both of them. So if you're used to doing Power Editor's quick creation rather than Ad Manager's guided creation, you will automatically be opted into the relevant workflow that you're used to, but you can swap between them there's some improvements they've made in terms of saving drafts and setting things up to publish at a later date, and also in terms of reporting, they've combined all the charts and activity history of Power Editor with the breakdowns, benchmarks, insights reports that Ads Manager had, so that should be a better experience. I've linked to the Facebook blog about that on the companion page. And finally, they are launching a new ad format based on catalogues. So. When you click on an advert, you would go to an expanded display where perhaps it's like a photo of a bedroom and you can click on the bed or the nightstand or the lamp or whatever uh, to go to more detail. So it's making the ads much more shoppable. Again, there's some images and links to an article about that on the companion page. A couple of changes on Instagram. They are testing out nesting comments, so rather than when someone replies to a comment having a long stream, they're nested under the comment that the person has replied to. And you may have noticed some changes to audio this week on Instagram. So it's now, when you first open Instagram, videos will still autoplay with the sound off. But if you tap to turn video sound on one video, then as you scroll f- through your feed, All the other videos will autoplay with sound too. You can still obviously switch it off and whenever you close the app, the autoplay will reset to off for the next time you open Instagram. So they are trying to bear in mind that you might sometimes be opening it at work or without headphones on, but once you have put the sound on, it will be on for the whole feed. WhatsApp are testing an unsend feature called Delete for Everyone. This sounds very interesting, especially if you ever send those messages when you've maybe had one too many Prosecco's and it looks like you'll also be able to delete the message from notifications too. So the notification on someone's phone would just show as the message having been deleted. Obviously, you need to catch it before they've read it, but uh, could be good and also good just if you make a mistake in a message or you send it to the wrong person or whatever. Again, there's a link about that on the companion page. Some news from Vimeo this week. I don't know if anybody uses Vimeo to host their video content, but they've launched a new review feature where you can add notes directly to the video as you watch it. Obviously, that is a huge help. I don't know how many of you have to sign off videos, but when you're trying to watch a video and then pause it and then write the time code to write your comment to send back to whoever's edited it, this will obviously make it much easier. There's a link to a video about it showing how it works and another stat that I saw this week was that 80% of all online consumer internet traffic will be video by 2020 so we will be signing off lots more video so that sounds like a good way to do it I imagine YouTube will have to look at how they can do something similar Apple did their keynote this week there is a link on the companion page to watch the whole two-hour video of it if anybody has a spare two hours The key things that came out were more information around iOS 11, so there's some great stuff in there such as the AR kit for augmented reality and a native QR scanner. So, I mean, QR codes have been around for so long, never thought they were going to take off, but I actually think they could now that it's inbuilt into iOS 11 there's also some cool little changes so i've seen some people talking on social media already actually about this updating on twitter and youtube but when you're watching a video and you go to adjust the volume and you get the big square of volume acro- right across the video that has already been updated now on twitter and youtube so that there's a thin line at the top of the screen to adjust the video and apparently it's coming in with ios 11 for all of the video that you watch few other things um in terms of camera so they're inspired by classic photography styles there's new filters on the iphone portrait photos are more expressive skin tones more natural and the next generation compression technology lets you take new photos with the same quality as before at half the file size another thing that appeals to me is the quick type keyboard so if you are holding a coffee in one hand and your iphone in the other you can touch and hold the emoji or globe key and select one-handed typing and it moves all the keys closer to your thumb which sounds very helpful indeed obviously they announced the iphone 8 but then kind of stole their own thunder by announcing the iphone 10. so as predicted it is the iphone 10 written as x Big things for that, no home button. So the full screen is available for use as a screen. It's the most durable glass. It's got wireless charging, facial recognition. So it does a whole sort of 360 degree in-depth analysis of your face and it's your face that becomes your password both to unlock your phone and to pay lots of jokes going around about that and how that might work so i'm definitely interested to test that out i just don't want anyone to be able to come and uh, hold my phone over my face when i'm sleeping and then send loads of bad tweets or messages while i'm snoring away and you can also an emoji yourself so you can make a 3d emoji of a unicorn or whatever and use that when you're messaging your friends There are links to articles and embeds of tweets and stuff showing various things about the iPhone X. It's out in November. I think you can pre-order it from the back end of October. So I will be uh, getting my hands on one of those and letting you know what that's like. There was an interesting article about happiness in apps. Again, I've put the link on the companion page, but they've basically looked at apps that we interact with how long people spend with those apps and then how happy they are with them as a result and it seems to be the case that the less time you spend with an app the happier you are with it but maybe the less time you're spending with it is because it works properly and um so you're you're quite happy but the most happy apps is Calm so 99% of users are happy and they're using it for 10 minutes a day then Google Calendar, again, 99% happy, three minutes a day. Headspace, they're using for four minutes a day. My Fitness Pal is sixth, 97% happy, they're using for eight minutes a day. Audible, 97% happy, using for eight minutes a day. This is the only thing where I think, obviously, this time is sort of split evenly over the week because I imagine that people are listening to Audible for longer in one go than eight minutes if you're listening to a book kindle 96% happy 26 minutes a day spotify 95% happy nine minutes a day but the ones that people are most unhappy with grinder 77% of users are unhappy but they're on it 61 minutes a day candy crush 71% unhappy 46 minutes a day facebook 64% unhappy 59 minutes a day so I guess you've also got to think about the interactions that people are having on these apps. Maybe it's not about the app itself, it's about the people that they're interacting with. Um, but all of the stats of that are on a link from the companion page. I also was interested by some of the stats on e-consultancies, marketing stats we've seen this week article, a link to the whole article is on the companion page. More than half of Brits are using an ad blocker so affiliate did a survey with over 2000 uk adults so half of the more than half are using it 61 and a half percent say they're doing it because they find online ads annoying 41 and a half percent say it's because they find ads intrusive and 33.1 are saying because the ads they used to see were irrelevant There's also been a report by Barclays this week saying that £3.4 billion worth of goods are left in online shopping baskets in the UK each year, and they think this is down to device switching where consumers browse on their phones and then they move to a laptop to make the purchase. Um, They also think basket abandonment is due to lack of discount incentives, desire for a variety of delivery options, So 38% of consumers say discount codes and 56% say free delivery would incentivise them to buy. Well, of course it would. No one's going to not want free delivery or a discount, are they? But Barclays is predicting that if you make online shopping more convenient, then retailers could generate £10.5 billion more within just five years. Smartphones are driving all growth in web traffic in the US. So there's been a 68% increase in smartphone web traffic since January 2015. And when you look at where this web traffic is coming from to websites, 61% is coming from Google search and 16% from Facebook. So they really are the giants that are dominating web traffic these days. So really be thinking about how you're optimizing your site for search and what you're doing on Facebook in terms of promoting your brand and your products. Speaking of brands, a few things that I saw this week that I thought were cool. Bumble, the dating app, did a stunt in New York where they had a branded food truck that was serving catfish dishes. Obviously catfishing in social media is people using a fake photo, pretending to be someone that they're not and uh, getting into conversation with people, building up a relationship with them. So they were promoting this new photo recognition tool. So basically when you upload a selfie, you then also use the camera on your phone to prove that that selfie is you. So they did uh, this food truck where they were serving catfish tacos and various things done by a proper chef. And people were having to use the bumble app to access this free food so that's quite a good offline way of promoting an online service again there's details of that on the companion page some stats from airbnb so people staying in airbnbs in the uk has grown 80 percent since last summer and the great thing about it is it's generating billion pounds for local communities. So obviously wherever the people are staying, they're then going out and using those shops and um, restaurants and spending money in the area. So there was an article in The Independent about that. A little bit more on Marmite's campaign that I talked about last week. So they've done this Taste Face web app where you basically try marmite while you're filming yourself and then it does an analysis of the facial expressions that you make while you do that it makes little gifts for you that you can share with people Uh, so quite a nice little angle about the love it hate it marmite campaign another campaign that's worrying me a bit so i just thought i'd talk about it to make sure that everything's okay walkers are doing this choose or lose campaign so they're obviously Tapping into the fact that the British public have sort of voted for things that you wouldn't necessarily expect or, you know, Boaty McBoatface, Brexit, etc. And they're doing a campaign to vote between different flavours. So, for example, prawn cocktail or paprika, salt and vinegar, or I think it's lime and black pepper. So I think this could work quite well as a campaign if everybody looks at it and thinks, oh God, we might lose salt and vinegar crisps and so more people vote for it. Obviously, it won't be definitive and I'm sure if randomly paprika beats prawn cocktail, then that's setting them up for a future campaign for people to bring prawn cocktail back. But again, there's some example tweets for that on the companion page. Amazon have got some new ads going for their streaming of the Bears versus Packers NFL game. So they've done an 11 game streaming deal with the NFL, which was what Twitter did last year. Twitter only paid $10 million for it. Amazon have paid five times that at $50 million. And the games are only going to be available on Prime. Obviously on Twitter, they were free to watch. So interesting to see how that works for them, whether that will drive more subscriptions to Prime or whether it'll just keep loyalty within the service. But it's a cool video. They've got actual bears and actual packers with a sort of uh, David Attenborough style commentary over it. That video is embedded on the companion page. Speaking about augmented reality, obviously with the launch of the AR kit on iOS 11, more companies are looking at how they can use it. Money Lion, is doing something where people will be able to log in and visualise their account balances as stacks of cash rather than just numbers on a spreadsheet. The argument being that, you know, if you know you spend $360 a year on coffee, that might not seem very much, but if you see it as a pile of dollar bills, then maybe that will make you think, oh, I could save some money that way. So they're looking at how they can make it a bit more interesting. Blackpool Football Club, have started to use some AR as well. There's an example on the companion page of something they did in their program where you hovered over a picture of one of their players celebrating a goal. And then by hovering over the picture, you could actually watch video of the goal. There has been an example last week with flat tummy tea where they had a Geordie Shaw star who was posting to promote it on Instagram. She was using the hashtag ad Uh, But they were claiming health benefits and obviously calling it flat tummy tea, which the ASA has said they are not able to do. So it had to be taken down. So there's an article about it in PR week that I've linked to from the companion page. But definitely worth thinking as brands are starting to work more and more with influencers that you are going to have to take the same due diligence with any adverts that you're doing on social as you would on tv making sure that you can substantiate any claims that you're making it's the you know a bit of a murky world and obviously some people get away with things because there's just so much being posted on social but as consumers realize that they can report and complain about that as much as they can about tv ads i expect that the asa are going to get more and more involved in stuff that's happening on social I think I've talked about the Travago woman adverts and the fact that she's all over London. Trevago have done such a huge media buy on tubes and uh, tube panels in the tubes, tube stations. She's just absolutely everywhere. Only two ads, which surprises me. One for Dubai and one for Las Vegas. Yes, you might say I've got good ad recall of it, but it's certainly not making me think that Trivago is the place to search for holidays, so I'm not sure that it's really helped them. I think the other thing that surprises me with it is I haven't really seen any integration from a digital perspective, so although I'm being bombarded by those posters everywhere on the tube, I'm never seeing anything on digital to give me more information or to encourage me to look in a particular way. They should know where I've been because I use the Virgin Wi-Fi on the Tube. So you'd think there would be a smarter way that they could start to target you on social with ads as well. Anyway, this week she did quite a cool thing. Travago sent her out on the Tube network and she was um, defacing the posters of herself or standing in front of them and just mucking around really. So again, it's got them a bit more exposure. Still not making me want to shop with Travago, but... I'd be interested to hear what anybody else thinks of that. So drop me a tweet at Kate Hamer, LTD. Manchester United have done some stuff with Swiss Quote. So one of their sponsors where they've created a video where some of the players have gone and done a bowling challenge. They've had to do left-handed bowling, blindfolded bowling, etc. It's a nice piece of content. If you were a football fan of Man United, it'd probably be good to see the players doing something a bit different doesn't really force Swiss quote down your neck I'm still not sure exactly what their offering is to Man United fans but just an interesting way to look at creating content around a sponsorship deal and finally for this week I received the Emerald Street emails which are part of Stylist magazine great content in them, lots of stuff about things that are happening in your city, books to read, fashion, etc. They do send quite a lot of them though and I don't always get to read them. Now I was interested in an email that they sent out at the back end of last week about their new loyalty programme, because they're being extremely transparent about how this works. So they've literally sent an email saying how it works. So one, open, you'll find Emerald Street in your inbox every morning. The more emails you open, the better your chances of getting exclusive access to our exciting events and offers. Click. By clicking on the links you like, we get a better idea of what you enjoy seeing in Emerald Street emails, bringing you closer to unlocking those exclusive goodies. Stick around. The longer you stay subscribed to Emerald Street, the higher your loyalty rating. Stick around and you'll be first in the queue for all that exclusive good stuff. Every time you open one of our emails, you'll be able to see just how high your loyalty rating is. If you're at level five, congratulations. There are some exciting things coming your way level one we've all got to start somewhere just remember your rating can go down as well as up so keep opening and clicking and you'll get access to our exclusive events and offers in no time so i think that's quite interesting to be so transparent obviously marketing teams have been doing this for years in terms of the sorts of content that they send people but to be open about it is quite interesting my worry is they don't really say what the exclusive things are, and by telling people you need to open and click, I think they're probably going to up their open rate, definitely. But are people actually going to be reading stuff when they're busy, or are they just going to think, oh, I need to open all of these emails because I don't want my loyalty rating to drop? So I will be watching with interest what my loyalty rating is and how, um, what sort of content I receive. So definitely check that out. So that's all for the news this week. I hope you found it useful. Do let me know by tweeting at Kate Hamer LTD or by emailing kate at katehamer.com. I'll be back next week.